Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Just like, uh, man, there we go. Boom, Saturday night. Welcome in, everybody. It is a holiday weekend. It is November 27th, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, and Mile Insiders. I am Nick Kendall, joined by Luke Patterson, as always. Luke, how are you doing? Happy belated Thanksgiving. Happy uh, holidays. Yeah, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Uh, happy football. Happy football is finally coming back. The bye week. What a crazy week. It was not uh, boring for Broncos country. And uh, man, speaking of not boring, college football today, right? We were talking yeah. about that before the show came on. So rolling in from your Thanksgiving weekend from some college football over to MHI before we get you over to the Broncos and pro football tomorrow, man. I'm pumped to be back. Yeah, I'm pumped to be back, too. I'm also really excited about uh, college football, like you mentioned. Obviously, the draft is going to be coming up here pretty soon, but we have some meaningful football for the uh, the Broncos, so that's maybe a little bit on further down the or further on the horizon for that one. But my Hawkeyes going to Indianapolis to play Michigan in the Big Ten Championship, so got to got to celebrate that. Everyone drink uh, Saturday night, and uh, I, I mentioned the Hawkeyes already, so let's have a fun time. Um, awesome. we got Jay's in the house, and it seems like it's been forever and a day since I have seen Chubb play. Hopefully, he can make it through the rest of the year so he can be evaluated for his contract coming up. That's a good point. We got Todd uh, Ostendorf is in the house too. Good to see you, Todd. Todd and Jay going at it there for a bit in the comment section. We got James uh, Coke in the here tomorrow's game, expecting good things from Broncos tomorrow. Heck yeah, James, we love the positivity. We want it. We'll get what we can. Uh, Dylan Von Ark, sub Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit the like button on the way in. Thank you very much, Dylan. And we also got uh, Della Barker in the house. It's uh, Sunday night football Broncos uh, or Saturday Whoa. night football for the Broncos tonight. So we do have a Sunday night game coming up next week. Um, we do have uh, stars from Dave as well. If uh, Scott, if you want to pull that up, I don't know where those are exactly, but uh, we'll get into the uh, intro here, guys. This is obviously, oh, there we go. Dave Glassman. Boom, Dave, with the stars. Thank you so much, Dave. You're the man. Um, For some reason, it comes in in grayscale there, and uh, that's amazing. Also, we got Lawrence coming in just in in time. Stars from Lawrence. Luke and Nick, my two favorites. What's up, guys? Lawrence, that means so much. Thank you so much for the kind comments. Obviously, this is Mile High Insiders. We're at you guys live every Saturday Every Saturday evening at six o'clock Mountain Time, you can follow Scott or you can follow Luke and myself and Scott also. Uh, Luke's on Twitter at Luke Patterson LP. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH, and also Scott working behind the scenes at Scout Kennedy. Also, you guys make sure if you're on Twitter, following us at MHI underscore Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Holidays right around the corner, so we have to give you the obviously the Mile High Huddle plug. Luke is rocking that comfy, warm uh, sweatshirt there. I, Luke, I, I cannot it, get sweatshirt and sweater right for the life I, of me. Like I'll never get it right. I wear this sweatshirt. thing like every day, man. That's it's a religious thing, man. I love throwing on a little bit of orange and blue in the morning. My high oh, huddle. Yeah. Grab yourself a hoodie. Grab yourself a hat. They've got coffee mugs. Uh, even stuff for your kids. Stuff for your partner as well. The holidays are coming up, so happy holidays yep. from MHH. And while we're talking about holidays, guys, and all the ways you can support MHH, just to let you know, sending stars is an awesome way to support MHH. It allows us to keep the lights on. It allows us to keep bringing new content without any of those monthly subscriptions or anything like that. Uh, We've got something working, something special down the pikes for y'all. Sit tight. Uh, Chad has always had a real generous heart when it came to our community and still does and is always coming up with new ways to appreciate you guys. So know that in the past, as we've done jersey giveaways and things of that nature, We've got something coming for everybody that's uh, donating those stars. So stay tuned for that. But again, huddleuppod.com, get your swag on and get over to the mothership on Twitter at Mile High Huddle as well. You can find all of our written content to the other pods. You see Nick all over on YouTube every day, practically for Broncos for breakfast. He's got building the Broncos as well. He's always subbing in on other, other shows and you'll have the huddle up boys tomorrow. So stay tuned to Broncos country, but here we go. 
Bradley Chubb has been activated from IR. Nick, is this a dream? Um, can we are is number 55 suiting up tomorrow? Is he playing? I mean, wow, I didn't know he was going to be back this fast. I'm a little surprised if I'm being honest. I feel like I'm a little off guard. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, I mean, everybody, I, they're probably how I'm feeling right now. Holding your breath, right? Like, I'm, I'm excited to have Bradley Chubb back. This team needs him desperately. Uh, obviously, Malik Reed has been a an issue in the run defense there, and the Broncos have not been getting pass rush consistently uh, since, honestly, their three-game win streak to start the season when Von Miller was on a tear, uh, and uh, the Jonathan Cooper game against Dallas as well. But uh, Bradley Chubb back, you know, the fifth overall pick back in 2018. He hasn't lived up to that billing, but the Broncos right. really need him back. I just, I just hope he can stay healthy, right? Like I, there was like a small setback this week too. Was he going to go? Was he not going to go? He's going probably going to be on a limited count, but even if he's just out there a little bit and can stay healthy, I'll take it because we have not had enough of that uh, during his career in Denver. It's going to be tough. It's hard to say, excuse me, what Bradley Chubb's role is going to look like tomorrow, but someone's role that I never question our guy, Muhammad Badri coming in with the $2 super appreciate you so much. And my favorite guys, we appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving, Mo. Um, Bradley Chubb, I don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow. I expect him to be in shoulder pads. I wrote about it a little bit on mahahuddle.com as a keys to victory that Jonathan Cooper has got to have a great game against uh, Slater, that rookie left tackle, doing big things over there for the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, if Chubb's coming into the mix, I'm a little nervous if I'm being honest. I think he was a little bit rushed last time he came back from injury, and here we go. You start to see the, the wheels fall off the cart with more injuries stacking up. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be. I'm not either Bradley Chubb, so I'm not, I don't know how the man feels. But I would assume they handle him with kid gloves a little bit. I think George Payton still wants to see if he can get a return on investment, even though Bradley Chubb wasn't the player that he selected for that draft. Um, the Broncos have a ton invested in Bradley Chubb and you've got to see if it equates on the field. Yeah, exactly. And thank you so much for the stars, Travis, uh, always coming in very consistent, supporting us over on Facebook, giving us those stars. You guys can get in stars on Facebook or the super chats over on YouTube and make sure you're following us at both those sites as well for mile high huddle. Uh, yeah, Bradley Chubb coming back. I mean, what do you expect from Bradley Chubb the rest of the season? Cause I'm even afraid mm. to have any expectations for him. You know, they held him out week one. It's going to be over. Oh, finally going to get Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, obviously poof, that goes up in smoke, but this is an important stretch here for Bradley Chubb and the Broncos. I mean, they do not have uh, an edge rusher of his uh, prestige, I guess is the word. Maybe quality is the wrong word, but the prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this team has not cons- consistently gotten after the quarterback. So if he can be a difference maker for them on the defensive side down the stretch, I mean, dare I say maybe he's the catalyst for this defense and getting this team hmm. over that playoff hump? Um, I guess my expectation for Bradley Chubb, and that's a really good question because it's a hard one to answer, Nick. I think the, you know, the, the kind of smart ass in me wants to say, stay healthy. Well, that's not always in his control. Right. Yeah. So, um, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just hard. It's the guy's not asking to get hurt, but I mean, no. availability is something that is very significant in the NFL. And I guess if I had to put an expectation on Bradley Chubb, I want him to play desperate. I want him to play like his, his pants are on fire, hat on fire, I don't know, whatever the saying is. I want him to play like that because he's starting to see his guys, Cortland Sutton, getting paid. Tim Patrick is an undrafted guy getting paid. You're starting to see George Payton select his core guys on this team right now. You got to know Bradley Chubb wants to be one of them. Uh, he's considered a leader on that team in his own right when he is on the field, Nick. So what do I expect from him? I, desperate play, desperate effort, um, at an attitude, a little bit of grit, something. And it'll be interesting to see what 
Bradley Chubb looks like post Von Miller. Yeah, we got a lot of lot of you know pushback and and rightfully so from Broncos country on Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. They never really came to all the expectations and answered that bell. Well, Bradley Chubb's been playing without Von Miller, and Von Miller's been playing without Bradley Chubb. But now Von's not on the team. What's that look like for number fifty-five? What does his personality look like as a leader? It's those are interesting things and an interesting dynamic. Really curious to see what Bradley Chubb looks like out there because he might be mild mannered, Nick, but. Uh, he likes to let it be known, his presence on the field and his opinions and some of those things, too. So I'm excited to see Bradley Chubb back out there. He brings an energy to the Broncos that's well uh, well received. Yeah, absolutely. And with the Broncos dropping edge rushers and off-ball linebackers like flies this season, uh, you, we saw it in the many of these recent games where they've lost, especially in the games where you've had gone up against really good offensive lines, the Browns and the Eagles specifically. Uh, the edge rush position and the off-ball linebacking position were targeted and big issues for that Broncos on defense getting just gashed play after play, especially on the ground game. So I'm excited to see it. It's not just the pass rush for Chubb. He is, what, 6'4", 275, 270. He's like your classic, you know, hand-in-the-dirt uh, edge rusher. Yeah. He can do some stand-up too, but they need You're- – that ability. You're exactly right. I mean, 6'4", 275 pounds. The Broncos sent the release at 1.30 this afternoon, looking at the email now. And, um, man, last time we saw this cat, Nick, week two against the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, holy cow. He was placed on IR on September 22nd and has missed weeks three through 11. Um, Bradley Chubb is – there's no time to wait. Uh, it was a Pro Bowl selection in 2020. Chubb started all 35 games. Uh, he's got – Decent amount of, of stats, I guess, but not being on the field has just absolutely killed his um, – I don't want to say reputation because I think he has a decent reputation, but it's it's put water on that hot fizzle that we saw initially yeah. with, with Bradley Chubb, and it's really, really frustrating to see. And the hardest thing for me, Nick, when I'm talking about Bradley Chubb right now, I don't – I keep thinking about what you asked me, expectations. It's so hard to have expectations with yeah. Chubb because you don't know what you're going to get in terms of health. Yeah, you just got to go out there and obviously something else that people don't really think about. It's not just the health factor. It's the conditioning. Now, it's not like Bradley Chubb was out there getting 20 plates of stuffing and, you know, a gravy boats with uh, the, the peas in it multiple times at Thanksgiving. You know, he's watching his diet. But as far as conditioning on the field, right. getting those reps in, um, it's going to take a couple games probably to really uh, get his feet wet, so to speak, and show that he can be conditioned to that level. And uh, Scott brings up a good point on the back end here. Uh, the team that may be. I would say there's actually there is desperation for Chubb to get out there, but there's not desperation so much for the Broncos to maximize Chubb here to get a clean evaluation on him. Broncos picked up before the season. They picked up his fifth year option, twelve point seven million guaranteed. Uh, I can't think of there's some scenario where you can make it not guaranteed anymore, but for the way they uh, after the last CBA, it's almost one hundred percent guaranteed uh, for those fifth round uh, or fifth year options on the first round picks. So uh, Chubb still, you got another year left to figure out where he really fits in this Broncos team. As far as long-term expectations, second contract, if he's a guy Mm -hmm. you want to build your defensive line around and uh, show him the money. That's a really good point from, from Scott and you, Nick. And I guess I would, I would use that to support the theory out there that I'm seeing kind of on the, on the text line here. Maybe you don't need to rush Bradley Chubb. You do have him under contract. Maybe you need to handle him with those kid gloves, get him some snaps. And we got our guy, our pal coming in real quick saying, good evening, Luke, Nick, and Scott. I can see Bradley Chubb playing a quarter of the defensive plays. 25%. What do you guys think? I think that's a really fair evaluation um man that doesn't seem like a lot but when a guy is missed weeks three through 11 of the regular season whoo i bet you he's still going to be feeling that at 25 percent um do you think he's going to be handled with a snap count or a pitch count nick i think it's going to be a lot like the jacksonville game where uh, they get him out there and then they it's like a drive by drive snap by snap base it's like okay well we're taking your temperature where are you at right now how are you feeling how's that ankle holding up you are you good to go and i there could be something where he tweaks it. It's like, you know, I just, I'm not quite there yet. And then they pull him, you know, that, that could mm-hmm. easily happen or it could be boom. Bradley Chubb's back. Uh, he's playing a solid game. He's gotten a couple of pressures against the Rashawn Slater you know, doing some uh, long arm moves on him and uh, Bradley Chubb, you know, we're like, okay, this is our best pass rusher. He needs to go win us a game. Um, if you're available, we need to call on you. And he comes out, he comes out there and makes a play. So um, it could really go either way. I just want to see them maybe go snap by snap, drive by drive basis and take the temperature with him. 
Well, and as you were explaining that, it got me thinking about what we know about Bradley Chubb. He knows his body, and he pulled himself from practice as well in some stretching periods, um, if I'm not mistaken, earlier this year. So maybe it's one of those things as well with taking this guy off of IR on Saturday night. You don't know where his status is. He's not on the injury report, right? It's It'd be like, is he questionable? We don't know. Yeah. It could be a game-time decision. We don't know that. I mean, it's it's going to be bizarre. Um, these things happen. Be sure to monitor Twitter tomorrow because all those things come out fast and furious on game day morning. But speaking of fast and furious, Michael, our guy, happy Thanksgiving, bud, uh, showing us a little bit of love. Good evening, Luke and Nick on the MHI pod. Go Broncos. Uh, Nick, Broncos country, I feel like they're a little bit more caffeinated. They're a little bit more re-energized because, look, the Philly game, the Teddy Bridgewater thing, awful. Bad taste in your mouth for two weeks. How does George Payton turn it around? He inks a couple big deals for two wide receivers. He's got Broncos country buzzing. They've got a core group of guys. Do you feel like Broncos country is is excited and up for this game for the Chargers? The second divisional game all the way, what, in week 12 now? Um, It's bizarre. It doesn't really happen like this. What do you think the fan base is expecting from the Broncos tomorrow? As far as uh, just the game in general, I mean, with Chubb, you hopefully they're just see him out there and make a few plays and stay healthy. Uh, this Broncos team, I think that you're going to see, unfortunately, especially considering this is a five and five team in a game where if they win this, they're in the driver's seat. But I think there's going to be not a lot of fans in the stands. I think there's going to be a lot of empty seats out there. Unfortunately, it's a holiday. Ooh. It does seem like the interest in the team, the belief in the team is down. Now, that being said, fans are pretty... Uh, it's volatile, and this season has been volatile too. So you see the Broncos come out and win this game against the Chargers next week, and everybody in the city is going to be in. You know, they're going to be the talk of the town again going into Arrowhead. Oh, man, if Denver can just squeak out a game against Patrick Mahomes with how volatile they've been this season, you're in first place with only five games to go. But I do think that the fans themselves, they don't trust it. They want to buy in. They would love to love this team. But after seeing them lose some games in very ugly fashion, especially being pretty, uh, pretty poor at home, so far yeah. this season as well, uh, I th- I could see them not really show up. And I think last I saw, there was a decent amount of games or tickets on the secondary market still available. You're exactly right, Nick. I mean, people are trying to get rid of these tickets, and it's bizarre. Um, five and five. So, yeah, it's, especially Broncos. I mean, like yeah. it's the Broncos are the they used to be the 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 toast of the town. You know, the cream of the crop, and getting your hands on Broncos tickets in this city was hard to do, and it was expensive. Now you're starting to see the price drop. You're starting to see fans voice their frustration. The only way they really can, uh, we can all go to the Twitter machine. We can all fire out funny gifts and stuff like that, but. Bottom line is, if you were a fan and you were upset with the Broncos, the only way you can truly tell them that is by uh, unsubscribing, not showing up, uh, yeah. losing faith, losing interest. Joe Ellis takes uh, a huge, huge account of who's not there and the attendance levels, the 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 revenue lost if you will, at these home games. So I think that's a really interesting point. I'm curious to see how it uh, how it looks in that stadium tomorrow. Anytime you have empty seats, it's not good. Anytime you have boo birds, it's not good. But Justin Herbert, Nick, this kid is for real. I mean, I, I watched a little bit more of that Steelers game today. And, uh, man, this guy, this guy's the Broncos, man. Another missed quarterback. There you go. Um, Justin Herbert coming to the Mile High City. What do you think? I mean, this kid was an early MVP candidate, slowed down just a little bit, but Justin Herbert, in my opinion, is the real deal. Oh, he's definitely the real deal. And uh, I feel a weird, their def- their offense, you people get upset about like Pat Shermer not making an offense to what their quarter, what his quarterback does best. Um, and, you, you know, I think that, Shermer overall, when you look at his career numbers, actually does better than what those his quarterback's career averages. Um, some people kind of are upset with how the lock thing went down. I get it. Um, but Herbert is in a terrible offense for his system. Joe Lombardi, who comes from that Saints tree, wants to use Justin Herbert like a, you know, a dead armed Drew Brees out there where everything is like horizontal. They're not really pushing the ball vertically. And the offensive line isn't as bad as it used to be. So you don't have to protect them. So I don't know what they're doing. I, I uh, equate it to uh, having a Lamborghini and only driving it in school zones. You know, it's like, what are you doing mm. with this horizontal check down game? And it's good for Austin Eckler, but you know, you got, you got a guy with an incredible arm, top five arm talent, big frame, good athlete, push the ball vertically. And they just don't do that. So I'm really curious to see what this does, um, how it looks for him in this Broncos team. They don't have that speed threat to really unlock the defense vertically. I think they lost that with Tyrell Williams this last year, and they haven't been able to find that yet, Yeah, but still, I mean, Herbert has an absolute gun. He's incredible. Yeah, his touchdown the field is, you know, 
one of the best in the league. I mean, not many quarterbacks, you know, how cover two safeties, two of them split the field. And it's pretty hard to get that middle of the field zone. Um, unless you have a linebackers dropping way back, but you're not seeing that as much this year. Herbert can actually fit it between those two safeties with like yeah. on a rope. You just, there's not many guys who can do that. So and incredible quarterback. It doesn't feel like much of a risk when he does it either. It, it's this, yeah. he zips it in there and mm-hmm. you could see his intellect picking up each game too. And like, I, I feel like sometimes he really is the smartest guy on the field. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, and, and you look at him and you try to analyze his attitude, his personality. It's hard to do when the guy is playing winning football and you can't get a good read on him. I think that's part of his mystique. I think yeah. uh, he's a very um, well calibrated guy, 6'6", 237, and he can run too. People don't, people forget that. This kid's got wheels. He can move. He can get out of trouble. Um, but man, that arm, that arm, that arm, that arm. When you have a quarterback, good things happen for you. And I said this last year too. Sorry to cut you off, but I said this no, last, last point on Herbert. Um, this maybe is a little bit of a hot take, and I thought it was a hot take last year, but it's kind of coming to its own this season. Justin Herbert is who uh, people think Josh Allen is. Justin Just, people is who that's that's who they want Josh. That's who they picture Josh Allen being. Justin Herbert, like the top end Josh Allen is what Justin Herbert is. He's much accurate. He's much smarter with the football. Um, he is better hmm. getting the ball to his checkdowns quickly. Um, and Josh Allen this year, high variance player. He's regressing yeah, a bit this true. season, especially outside the pocket uh, under pressure. I mean, he cannot figure out cover two. Simply put, Josh Allen is struggling a lot against two deep safeties. Justin Herbert's playing better ball than uh, Josh Allen. He might be a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I don't think we talk about that enough. Ooh, yeah. No, that is interesting, especially when you look at the AFC and how tight the AFC is right now, right? We talk about the teams a lot, but when you start talking about the quarterbacks, and uh, that's interesting. You look at where Josh Allen is in the Buffalo Bills and – flip it over to the chargers nick you you touched on something i wanted to go back to a little bit with the los angeles chargers offensive line right we talked about Rashawn slater we both liked him coming out of northwestern uh the center lindsley i think uh for the los angeles chargers i think i saw a thing on pro football focus saying he did not he hasn't given up a sack this year um man that is that's pretty nasty uh we know stats aren't everything and i'm sure he's given up some hurries some some hits um things of those natures but our good friend michael schofield is in at right guard broncos country will remember him who was our swing tackle for a little bit with uh tyler columbus but mm-hmm. um the interior defensive line for the broncos draymond jones shelby harris they're in for it this week it's going to be a fight uh with the chargers no longer is it just the old stale um slapped together offensive line that we're used to seeing with a Philip Rivers that can't really move or operate. That's gone. They're trying to protect their first round quarterback. They're trying to protect Austin Eckler. They've got more than one dynamic receiver right now. Uh, what do you expect from the Broncos defensive line? Because Shelby Harris, I love batted balls. Don't get me, don't get me wrong, but he's got a motor, man, and I want to yeah. see it in the backfield. Well, big news uh, for that to the Broncos defensive line is that Matt Filer is going to be a game time decision. He was a swing signing from the Steelers that the Chargers made this year. Right tackle and can play both guard positions. And we got Chris coming to the stars here first. Good evening, Luke and Nick. Hope all is well. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, Chris. Good to see you. Uh, Click those little thumbs up, y'all. Thank you so much for the support, Chris. Good to see. Yeah, and these, uh, we got Flex04. 0679 saying the hats are nice so uh yeah we got chris rock and merch in the picture as well we got a lot of good stuff in here it's it's a lot of fun Happy thanksgiving guys yeah absolutely but you're you're right Corey lindsley was a big splash signing for the chargers a couple years ago coming over from green bay i think mm-hmm. he went to san diego state don't quote me on that one but a solid center prospect uh there and they matt filer though if he's out and you're playing michael schofield at right guard and you're playing storm norton i think from toledo at right tackle yep. Yep. this offensive line could struggle um they're not going to really be great i also don't think they're very good at the point of attack the games the broncos have lost this year have been at least recently have been some teams with dominant offensive lines and really good run games. I don't think you're going to get that from the chargers this week. So uh, maybe that means the Broncos can play tight coverage and uh, not have to worry about the box as much and slow this offense down. He was an Ohio state guy. Uh, Corey Corey Lindsley. Lindsley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I started thinking, and the reason I wanted to bring that up, man, Michigan, Ohio state, right. We we're talking yeah, about that did. a little bit today. Um, then you start thinking about all the Ohio state players on this Broncos roster um, yeah. and all the Ohio state players in the league. I mean, you see these big 10 guys and your Iowa cats, you Iowa people are everywhere, by the way, man. Yeah, I always I know, have man. to say that, but Lawrence Rivera coming in with some more support. Appreciate you so much, man. Happy Thanksgiving. The bills should give us Mitch Trubisky. They don't need him. And he made the bears coaching look good. Oh, Lawrence calling his shot already looking for another quarterback uh mitch trubisky you want you want a piece of mitch um 
can I get him for one year, $4.5 million, the, the Teddy Ooh. special? Um, Cause then I would be interested in maybe him competing <laughs> and uh, maybe a young quarterback behind him. But uh, do I want to pay Mitchell Trubisky uh, 15 million a year or, you know, 10 million a year for three years? No, thank you. I think that's um, I, that's interesting, though, that Lawrence is bringing that up, Nick, because you see the Ryan Tannehill thing and people are always talking, oh, maybe you get a revitalized career somewhere else. Um, that's interesting that Lawrence is thinking that way, because I think Broncos country starting to feel conditioned thinking about that retread quarterback. Maybe that's yeah. uh, in, in this case, a highly drafted first round quarterback. Can he be uh, have a career resurrection with that right coach? Who's that coach going to be? <laughs> it's not going to be Pat Shermer. It's not going to, if it's Dan Quinn, who's the offensive coordinator going to be, I mean, so many different things are coming into play and uh, you know, whether or not the Broncos are going to be in the hunt for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or that next level of quarterbacks, uh, uh, Matt Ryan, um, maybe a Mitch Trubisky, maybe, you know, that cat from Washington. I don't want him time to keep, but those things, man, Broncos country are used to recycled quarterbacks. So I don't blame Lawrence for, for, throwing that out there yeah no i mean he's on a slow deal right now but he went there to get right you know it's the Jameis winston going to uh, new orleans mm -hmm. to uh taking a small deal to work under peyton um that was apparently a lot of talk with him going to dabble uh, going under dabble and also people saw this year that maybe mitch trubisky wasn't as much the issue as it was matt Nagy in chicago so i could see trubisky getting a decent size deal i just i wouldn't want to be that team i just think of especially committing to him too long no i would i take a lottery ticket for one season maybe but then it's it's the same exact scenario as you know taking a lottery ticket with Teddy Bridgewater and here we go again. Uh, but uh, back to the the Broncos game coming up here. Now not the uh, too far down the line with the the quarterbacks um, and everything. It's, it's all yeah, it's all quarterback. It's all quarterback. Nick, I got in trouble earlier. Broncos mad at me for saying um, you know they're going to trade Jerry Judy and look that's just a theory, man. It's you can't pay three wide receivers. So of course I don't think the Broncos are going to you know say yeah we're actively looking at trading Jerry Judy. But you know change is coming. We just don't yeah. know what it is. We don't know who the owner's going to be. We don't know who the head coach is going to be. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I mean, so many unknowns. The only thing we have, Nick, is right in front of us. It's the Chargers tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And uh, luckily for Judy and this Broncos team also, uh, the deals of Patrick and Sutton are easy as heck to get out of after like one, two seasons yeah. where they can move on. It'd be almost no dead cap or they could trade him and it would be mm -hmm. almost no dead pack. So uh, no dead cap. So I'm honestly pretty shocked that they took those deals given that they don't have uh Obviously, they're getting financial security because they're getting paid NFL money, but uh, they don't have the security on the back end with the huge dead cap hits that you see with some other deals. So uh, pretty interesting here. Uh, the Chargers. The one thing that the Chargers have in this game that everybody should be really excited about is that the Chargers run defense is absolutely trash. They are some of the worst run defenses in the NFL this year. Um, they use a first round pick. They traded up for a linebacker two years ago, and he's been dreadful out there. You know, he's running around with his chicken, uh, like a chicken with his head cut off. Good athlete. Can't doesn't read the field at all. Um, and that is uh, Kenneth Murray. Uh, speaking, I see an Oklahoma comment here. Kenneth Murray has been struggling there. Drew Tranquil has been okay in space, but he can't hold up at the point of attack. Jerry Tillery, first round pick for the Chargers cannot hang against a double team for anything. You run no. right at number 97. He's not yeah. very good there. And they're playing uh, backups on the defensive defensive line. So as long as this Broncos defense doesn't come out there and get their teeth kicked in like they did against the Eagles, um, this Broncos team should be able to move the football uh, and possess the football and run the ball efficiently, which should be good as long as the defense also shows up. The, the run game, you can't win football games with just the run game if your defense is right. getting boat raced in the first half. Yeah, and, and you hit the nail on the head. I wrote about it on highhuddle.com, one of my keys to victory. Exploit that frail rush defense that the Bolts have because it's horrible. It's, it's ranked dead last. They've re relinquished almost 1,500 yards on the ground. That's averaging almost 4.7 yards a carry, uh, 90 first downs, and 13 touchdowns just on the ground. That's atrocious. Uh, this should be a game that is set up for Melvin Gordon to get some get back maybe at his old team. But Javante Williams, it is time to go, buddy. Uh, Pat Shermer, will he do it? We don't know. Uh, he seems to panic a little bit. God forbid the Chargers get ahead and you're talking about that defense. How are the offense going to get the defense off the hook? I mean, for years, we've seen the defense trying to get the offense off the hook. I think the Chargers are ranked number seven on offense per PFF. Mm -hmm. But it, it so I just worry about that, Nick, because it's like, yeah, run the ball. That's the recipe to beat this team or stay competitive at least. But what happens if the Chargers score first? Uh, Vic Fangio and the Broncos have lost the last 
19 games when they've struggled behind double-digit points by halftime. It is absolutely atrocious. Uh, they seem to panic both on offense and defense, and it really bothers me. It's it's such a it's such a topsy-turvy game and, and turnovers. I mean, we saw what Raiders and the Cowboys. What an exciting game! Was that the Man. most tele most watched? Thanksgiving football game ever, I think is what I read, but you saw so many ups, so many downs. It's just the ultimate dramatic game, Nick, because you don't know where it's going to go. But so many times I'm afraid that Shermer just wants to hit that panic button and let's go wide. Let's, Hey, we just paid receivers. We got to use them. We got to use them. Yes, you can use them. Don't forget Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. They like to block. And that's part of the reason that uh, George Payton paid him. He likes that. And he wants to build around football players, not just diva wide receivers. Yeah, and it, just to that point, and we got uh, stars coming in here from Peter Middleton. Do we even have backup tackles? There's Anderson and Fleming starting, but then who? Worried, Ooh. LOL. Um, honestly, is it is it Dalton Reisner? Does he kick out there? I, I don't even know who would be the next uh, dress tackle. Is Quinn, Quinn Bailey. Is it Quinn Bailey? Okay, I was about to say Quinn I think, Bailey. But. I think it'd be Quinn Bailey, and, and that he was also – so that's another part of the, the news that came down in the wire. Um, the team elevated Quinn Bailey. He is an offensive tackle as a standard elevation from the practice squad to the active roster. He's sitting at six foot six, 323 pounds, number 75. He's a first-year offensive lineman from Arizona State who's appeared in one game with Denver. Um in each of the last three seasons so he's not a first year offensive lineman in the nfl he's just first year in denver maybe i feel like as his second year but um nonetheless offensive tackle yeah it's starting to starting to get thin back there for some of these boys and dalton reisner he does have the ability to play tackle we saw him at right tackle at kansas state for for a decent amount of time but that's a really good point as well i mean depth yeah. Depth, depth, depth. What happens if another offensive lineman goes down? I don't think Garrett Bowles is going to go tomorrow. Nope, nor is Massey. Uh, Garrett Bowles <laughs> and Massey are out. So uh, Joey Bosa, watch, folks. Oh, my God. Do you want to hear a crazy uh, stat? Joey Bosa's never blocked a pass, batted down a pass in his career in the NFL. He doesn't have to when he gets sacked. That's true. That's oh, true. But you like, somebody like... with as active and uh, – <laughs> That's interesting, um, though. How'd you yeah. how'd you come across that one? I think I just saw it on Twitter. Uh, now, okay. maybe maybe this maybe he has in the last couple of weeks. But I thought, last I saw, he had never batted down a pass in his whole career. Somebody uh, somebody look on that. Uh, but Joey Bosa, man, this is one. Talk about why people prize edge rushers so much, and why you know somebody like Von Miller gets paid so much, or there's some that are taken so high in the draft. Uh, why somebody would take an edge rusher over, like say, a good safety prospect? Um, edge rushers like Joey Bosa can take over a game and win a game like this single-handedly um, and yeah. take over a game. So this is uh, going to be very tough. I am scared to death of what um, Joey Bosa can do against Cameron Fleming, who just does not have the ability to hang with good edge rushers um, foot speed wise. And uh, I think that's going to limit the Broncos offense as well. And I'm mean, going to hear people screaming, Pat Shermer, you're going to hear people screaming, Teddy, throw it deep. Chargers are living in court match quarters. They're living in two high safety shells, and you don't trust your tackles for bleep against Joey Bosa. So what does that mean? <laughs> you're you're going to see checkdowns. I mean, yeah. it's either that or you're putting your quarterback in harm's way and putting the ball in harm's way. I just, I Sometimes you have to play to what the, uh, the opponent does and what their scheme is. Well, and that's a weird, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you start talking about Staley, right? Well, he's a Vic Fangio disciple, if you want to use that term, coming from the Fangio defensive tree. And one thing that Staley does really well is the pass defense. It's bizarre. He's willing to surrender on the run, and then um, he's got his secondary tuned up okay. And you're going to see Chris Harris Jr. out there tomorrow, folks, uh, another former Bronco. But uh, real quick, Travis, our guy coming in, asking about uh, Austin Schlopman in response to the question about our offensive tackles. Now this cat's six foot six, 300 pounds. He's tall and they love to play him inside. I don't know why they love to play him at guard. I saw him at center a little bit in training camp this year. Maybe he swings out as a tackle a little bit. Then you've got real problems. Cause if we're talking about cam Fleming and his ability to open up his hips and surrender all kinds of yards, let alone leverage to Bosa, if you have an Austin Schlotman out there, or even, God forbid, you do have to move Reisner, which I don't think they're going to do because it is easier to protect that inside. And uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, he's got to step it up too. I like the young man, but you know what? You've got to love the production. And I don't love the production out of Lloyd right now. I, I like it. I don't yeah. love it. So I don't see them moving Dalton around. But it's tough when you start looking at what Mike Munchak has to do. But you're exactly right. Staley's got this defensive secondary pretty tuned up if teddy thinks he's going to go yard against this defense he's wrong he's not going to do it um i'm really interested too nick we haven't got to talk in a little bit 
how is Teddy Bridgewater going to be received tomorrow? I mean, like it's, it's one of those things, man, where I feel like he committed the Cardinal sin and you know me, if Melvin Gordon didn't drop that ball, I'm just not my Melvin Gordon, you know, thing, but he didn't drop that ball. We're not here, but look, man, that Cardinal sin, it was weird. The response was weird. Everybody, you know, short-term memory, People are pissed about that thing. And, you know, it's still a five and five team and they're not as bad as we think they are. They're definitely not as good as we think they are. But how do you think Teddy's going to be received? I think it's, you know, come out, the Broncos go three and out, uh, you know, he throws it short of the sticks. The boo birds will be out quickly. I I really do think that. Um, And it's, it's frustrating. And I get what, you know, the, Hey, the fans spend a lot of time and effort and money to go see the product. So if they want to boo, then God bless them. You, know, you have that right as the fan. Um, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but um, I do hope that people can at least see um, maybe it is part of the scheme here. I mean, the Broncos last week were right in that game. They were, they had all the momentum in the world. And I know that it was a frustrating game from Teddy, but like he also had not lost it for them. And until that fumble uh, that right. went the other way, the Broncos were right in that. I mean, that was the, that was the strategy Changed and the strategy everything. was working. I mean, cause you were so limited and uh, you were getting whipped at the edge position. So what do you do? You're calling the quick passes to neutralize that pass rusher. Maybe that means you're not taking the deep shots, um, but it's, you have to win with what you have, right? That's what good coaches do. That's what good teams do. You don't have the world's best quarterback right now. He's limited. Um, so you have to lean, lean into that. We got EJ coming in saying, uh, Judy should eat up uh, Chris Harris Jr. In the slot. You would think so. Um, I'm a big Ooh. Chris Harris Jr. Fan. Um, but, uh, Chris Harris Jr. He looks a little bit, um, like he's hit that cornerback wall. Um, yeah. from what I've seen, he's given up a lot of space, a lot of separation and uh, Judy, another week healthier, uh, with the bye week on that ankle. I would love to see Judy cook this week. You know, it's all about Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick getting these big contracts, but I, I would love to see Judy be like, you know what? They got paid, but I'm the first round pick here. Feed me. I want somebody to ask Judy about his cryptic tweets. Um, you know, that whole walking away thing. I just, I don't know, man. I love this kid's talent and I love his work ethic. He was my MVP of training camp. I picked him to be the MVP the whole year. Um, yeah. And I sometimes think he feel, feels like he's the forgotten man. This could be that game. He, it was awful last year against the Chargers in LA. Uh, he had all those drops and he came back the next week with a vengeance. And I'd absolutely love to see it. You want to see what your players can do when they're screwing up. You want to see how they respond to adversity. And Jerry Judy is showing that he can respond to adversity. And right now you got to wonder what your future is with the team as well. That future starts tomorrow with the Chargers. You're on your rookie contract you haven't proven anything in this league but there are a ton of expectations for jerry judy i will say this if chris harris jr is put on the slot with jerry judy that's a coaching breakdown right there and i mean that shouldn't even i don't like it at all maybe if you're playing really really deep but we're talking in the slot you're giving up five or ten yards if you're playing offline of scrimmage anyway um Man, I like that comment a lot from EJ. Judy, Judy should eat up CHJ. It's always cool when you see Broncos coming back to play their former team, but when it's a divisional opponent, oh man, I just don't have a lot of love for for CHJ right now. Just because he's a Charger, no, you know, bad blood or anything like that. I just, I'm still, I'm not in, man. Uh, it bothers me to see him there. Yeah. Uh... It does bother me to see him there, but I'm still pulling for him as a, not in this game, but just in general, um, it'd be nice to see him uh, push his way to obviously Broncos ring of fame, maybe further, probably not. I know he revolutionized that slot cornerback spot being that good and inside outside, but maybe a little bit before his time, as far as value goes, we got mile high truth coming in here saying, do you guys think Melvin Gordon starts after fumbling away the Eagles game? This is a tough question because Melvin Gordon, I think typically you would not give him the ball, but this is an extra juice game against the chargers at home where, I mean, if it wasn't this situation, maybe he's not starting, but because it's the chargers and everything going in that, maybe they even make him a captain. You know, there's some emotional buy-in there and be like, this is a team oh, that didn't want me. God. You guys paid me. Uh, I don't think the captains mean diddly really um, coming into the game. Uh, but uh, I hope that Williams gets more carries um, as long as he is not getting stuffed in the backfield. That should not be an issue against this chargers team. So really a game where it sets up nicely for Williams again, as long as the defense is not getting killed in the first half. Yeah, MHT, that was a great question, man. I really, really love it. Um, and be sure to go over to milehighhuddle.com. Our guy, Thomas Hall, has an article right now that was really, really well written about why Melvin Gordon should be pounding the rock a little bit more. So an interesting take. It's not that he's a Javante Williams hater or anything like that, but go read it. I loved it. Shout out to Tom. 
Uh, Peter Middleton, our guy coming back in, saying the Broncos always have a chance against the Chargers. It's the Chargers. Our wide receivers are going to make some touchdowns. Absolutely love it. Uh, Mark Schlereth always says something that I love to hear. Chargers going to Charger. You know, Raiders going to Raider. They tend to kick themselves in the foot a little bit. And who are we as Broncos country to poke fun at that? But it does happen, right? It always feels like for some bizarre reason, uh, the Chargers have some SCLSU mud dog to them where they're going to screw up in a bizarre way with special teams like the Broncos or, you know, just it doesn't go right. They started so hot and then they stumble. Uh, even back to Philip Rivers time, heck, even Drew Brees when he was with the Chargers as well. It makes you wonder what's going on with them. But it's hard for me to completely subscribe to that because they do have their head coach. They have their quarterback. I mean, they've got so much more than the Broncos just in those two departments. But it will be a sham. It will be a shame if the Broncos get boat waxed in this game. The Chargers are a good football team. There is no reason you should be embarrassed in front of your fans two out of the last three weeks with one of those weeks being a bye. Yeah, no, I mean, everything's right in front of you. You hope that they can get it together. And this Bronco, we t- you talked about Lloyd Cushenberry just a bit ago, you know, maybe not being a a true plus player on that offensive line. But I would I would also counter that the last two, three weeks have been the best games of Lloyd Cushenberry's career. Um, so pro- positive momentum that direction. Uh, same with Dalton Reisner. He uh, Best games he's had since his rookie yeah, season in these last few weeks. You're he right. Reisner has really responded. I was getting ready to really go after him. And, uh, you know, and yeah. it's hard because I like Dalton. Who doesn't like Dalton? No one wants yeah. to go after the guy, right? But you got to be honest. And you're right, Nick. I mean, he's you do have momentum with that interior offensive line. So while the tackles mm-hmm. might be unknown right now, feel good about Dalton Reisner. I would not say Cameron Fleming's unknown. Uh, we've, unfortunately, we know a yeah. good bit about him, but uh, you got to just try to do your best to protect him. And that probably means uh, not a lot of deep drops, not a lot of slow developing pass plays, because if you put Joey Bosa against Cam Fleming, Joey Bosa is going to beat you. I mean, just pretty, just pretty simple. Um, I mean, sometimes great players go up against bad ones. We don't yeah. need to uh, see uh, Khalil Mack versus Michael Schofield 2.0 because that's what it could be with Cam Fleming awful. out there. That yeah, was I mean, awful. Just, you can't put yourself in that situation. You just can't. Uh, Lawrence Rivera putting us in a good situation. Supporting the show as always. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Lawrence. Hope you had a great one. Hope everyone had a good one. Uh, I've always wondered if we have too many expectations from rookies that get hyped up by the colleges. How good are these scouts? Um, I think it is. There's this is a gosh. I could go way into depth on this one. I'll make it simple, sweet though. Um, People have way too much expectations for rookies because they get so much light um, during the draft cycle that people are very well aware of them when, and then they should, well, why aren't they producing day one? When in reality, draft picks, especially outside the top 50 first picks in the draft um, are multi-year investments. So like people are yes. like, Oh, why aren't we seeing Baron Browning this year? Typically, why aren't you seeing, I mean, let's say Jamar Johnson right now, another one Broncos class this year is, against expectations for how good they've been immediately and how big their roles are immediately. But those kind of guys, you know, they are probably weren't even supposed to be playing this season. Caden Stearns probably Caden not Stearns, even supposed yeah. to be getting reps this season. Um, that's more about what they look like year two, year three. Um, Cause that, that's just an investment, right? You're investing in those positions and hopefully they can uh, come of age. Quinn Miners, another Quinn, one we shouldn't have seen mm-hmm. this season, um, but uh, they're being called upon. They're looking pretty good. All things considered. Um, but that, I think it's just a, a difference of expectation and we need to have a more, not not we in general, and you guys are, but like just a more educated fan base where it's like, okay, this is a fourth round rookie draft pick. Um, right. He's not playing his rookie season. That's not a bust. He's not even activated the rookie season. He's not a bust yet. Even heck, McTelvin Ajim, uh, 95th overall oh. pick, end of the third round. Um, mm-hmm. The Broncos haven't had a lot of injuries on the interior defensive line for his position. So he's been inactivated. Um, I would I would give him another full offseason before I'd even throw out the bust word on him because that's the, that's the type of developmental curve it takes for some of those guys, especially picked, uh, that far down the draft. Yeah, I, that was a really good question, Lawrence. I know, like, you know, Nick scouts, I scout, we evaluate talents and not just on YouTube either. There, there's something to be said for actually putting some miles on the road and seeing these prospects in person and, and for myself and, and where I get caught up and, um, you know, full disclosure, where I get too emotionally invested with players is when you are asked to compare them to former players and you start looking at former receivers rod smith you know and you're wondering you're looking for the next rod smith you're looking for your next favorite player and that's so hard to do because these guys develop at different levels of the game and different speeds uh that's something that you have no control over as a scout so 
I think a lot of times we get so wrapped up in the story of the player as well, not just the X's and O's. You hear about Jonathan Cooper um, overcoming all these irregular heart rhythms and conditions and celebrating with his local kids. That's a great story. People want that young man to do well. Von Miller gets traded. Okay, is Jonathan Cooper going to step in and be the next Von Miller? I mean, we get emotionally attached to these guys. And I think sometimes with those those rookies, and especially when they're traded up for, you know, you look at Javante Williams, you look at a Quinn Miners where he was just drafted leaps and bounds where he was projected to go. Uh, we fall in love with those players. And I think that was a really, really good question. But let's get to our guy, Pete Middleton, because this was a really, really good point. And I wanted to be sure that we brought this up. Uh, Pete saying, name a top 2019 pick for the Broncos that's playing well. Now, name 2021 rookies that are playing well. Peyton is doing absolutely fantastic. Fantastic, And I really, really like it because you're starting to figure out or at least get a sense of who George Payton is as a GM. You see his impact, at least with one draft class through what, 11 weeks, 12 weeks. I mean, it's a small sample size, but it's what we've got. You started to see what he liked to do in free agency. I don't know if that was so much what he wanted to do as it was the supplement Vic. But you're trying to figure out George Payton. Uh, what do you make of the re-signings, the draft class? I mean, what do you make of Pete's comparison? 2019, your guy, Noah Fant, first rounder, versus 2021, my guy, PS2. Uh, <laughs> I'll just throw that out there real quick because that's a good that's a good comparison. And, you know, people are still after Elway. I get it. But Payton seems to be doing pretty well for a rookie GM. Just to be fair, my guy in 2019 draft was uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who uh, looks like it was a beast, a freaking oh beast. Yeah, um, yeah. I will say for the 2019 <laughs> class, um, and I agree, I agree with James here. Um, you go back two years ago, we were hyping up the 2019 class. You know, halfway through their rookie season, being like, "Oh my god, these guys are all going to be all pros. We got the next franchise quarterback, one of the best athletic tight ends in football." Blah blah blah. Uh, time passes, and they haven't taken that those steps that people think you know football players in general this isn't this linear growth year after year right they don't typically just whoop get better every single season yeah so maybe this is you see uh somebody like javante williams stagnate you know he's been really good doesn't take that next step or maybe patrick jutan doesn't take another step or something like that where everybody's thinking oh just every single week they get better and better every year they get better and better doesn't always work that way so Mm -hmm. um while the returns have been really good early on and i think it's more so the volume of the returns, like how many it's the numbers that have hit and been meaningful contributors. I think for the Peyton, how deep they've been in that class is the biggest thing for me. But as far as this class being amazing, I want to see two or three years down the road. They're good right now, but it's an incomplete grade. Yeah. And, and it's all about context of when players are asked to do things. I would argue now I don't have the comparisons in front of me, but Dalton Reisner, we know he was part of that 2019 draft class played right away, came into the league as a starter. Um, But I would argue that this year rookies have been forced into roles a lot more than in 2019 based off of injuries and that funny little bug and other circumstances that are currently happening, happening and operating in the 2021 NFL. So it is hard to completely compare and grade based off of context. I mean, it's still bizarre to see Juwan Winfrey with the Packers. I mean, I, he had a great training camp one year and then completely fell off the rails. And you just never hear from this guy. Uh, you look at Justin Hollins, not even on the roster anymore. So you don't know which rookies this year aren't going to be here next year. I mean, if this class is all that it was toted up to be, Maybe you see some rookies, you know, sophomores next year traded. Maybe you hear some other teams calling about George Payton's guys. You know, Minnesota, they like to deal uh, depth pieces. They like to deal sixth, seventh rounders and other players of of special teams notoriety. So that's something that you ultimately got to look at. But our guy James coming in real quick with some support. Appreciate you so much, James. Happy Thanksgiving. Speaking of disappointing draft choices seemingly not working out, Is it too early to call the 2019 class what it is? Let's start off with the 2019 class. Now, um, all jokes aside, no, no fan. I was disappointed in the pick. Um, Not the player. Uh, I didn't like the tight end. Um, Noah Fant, I think has improved year after year, but he's not where he should be. I wrote about it in one of my keys to victory. It's now or never for Noah. Like, come on, man. Like you can do this. And that's the most frustrating thing for me and Noah. I've, he's taught me patience, but my patience is just about up. I don't think he's a bust. I don't, I don't want to, I called him that way too premature and I, I do take it back, but 
I understand why Broncos country is frustrated with Noah Fant as the first round pick, but I mean, tight end in the first round, Nick. I mean, come on, man. That's that's more of a GM thing for me than it is Noah Fant. You know, he didn't choose to come to Denver, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him. But when you take a tight end in the first round, hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I guess on the other hand, Noah Fant is still, what, 23 years old. Um, he had an ankle injury in the Seahawks game, the preseason game that he dealt, he had uh, issues with. Also, the sudden loss of his mom before the season. So yeah. um, he's not one that I am, you know, everybody's like, oh, what can we get for Noah Fant? Like, you're selling low right now for a guy who has tools and traits for it to click for him for a position that's more based on the tools and traits for it clicking. It's not like the quarterback position where it's, you know, such a weird concoction of all these things. Typically, bigger, faster, stronger wins at the tight end position and all these other positions besides maybe quarterback and these kickers spots. Um, but I would not give up on him just yet uh, in that sense, but he's been a disappointment. I, mm-hmm. I think it is important to also, when you're looking at the 2019 class to have the context of you also, so you went back from 10 to 20. How good has Devin Bush been? He's been terrible. What a terrible pick for the Steelers. Terrible. Uh, He's been bad, man. He's one of the worst linebackers in coverage in football. Well, um, and to move up into the top ten for you him knew that, is you terrible knew that, investment. You knew that coming in, right? That he wasn't. He wasn't Devin White. People, I mean, he tested side by side numbers wise, but he's just athleticism does not equal coverage ability in the NFL. True. Um, there's there's a lot of a lot of other things to it. You wouldn't call him a bust, though. You're just he's he's for the tenth overall pick underperformed as well, right? Are you going to call you say no? A fan's been disappointing, but Devin Bush is a bust. If uh, the Broncos traded up to number 10 overall and took Noah Fant and he's been like he has been, then he's probably a bust. But moving from 10 to 20, getting the excess capital right. and not paying him as much. And, and Dalton for, Reisner. And... Yeah, and the ability to move back up and take a shot on Drew Locke, even if it hasn't worked out. I think that's good process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different conversation when you're moving up into the top 10 for a yeah. non-quarterback, they, they and especially a non-position of value. Uh, which is the linebacker, which is the tight end compared to some other position. So I would say um, the parameters surrounding Devin Bush and going up to get him, he would be a bust. And look how bad the Steelers, they don't have a quarterback. Their offensive line mm-hmm. is dreadful. Um, their defense is starting to get pretty old quickly. And they traded excess resources to go get a top 10 linebacker who can't cover. Uh, right. I, I, I don't know. I, that's, I don't think it was good process at all by the Steelers and a pretty good process by the Broncos outside of taking a tight end of the first round. I don't know about that, but um, the well, trading back in the excess resource. I mean, you also get Lloyd Cushenberry with that mm-hmm. trade back. Do you include that in the 2019 uh, draft class as well? Cause you got that extra capital, all stuff that matters. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because Colin, Colin kind of weighing into your point as well, saying a first round pick should be an impact player. And I completely agree with this. And, you know, we like to think these first round picks should be captains, you know, by now they should be, you know, no offense should be a Darren Waller type player right now he should be wanting to challenge travis kelsey uh you know and it's not there and it's frustrating to see so you know to your point i mean those first round picks they've got to be impact players and the ones that are like devin white i mean you see it and you're just like holy cow that's paying dividends that team knew what they were getting and um you know sometimes they're pleasant surprises but nonetheless the los angeles chargers are in town to play the denver broncos it's the second divisional game for the Broncos, and it is it's time to go. Uh, no more playing NFC East teams. These games matter, Nick. And Denver's technically in last place, but what a game or two out. I mean, this this division is so close, and we talk about this team being right there and in, in the thick of things. I know it doesn't feel like it, but this team is technically in the playoff hunt, mm-hmm. and it could be Vic Fangio's final stand, really, is a head coach in this division. It's make or break. Uh, those whispers are there. No playoffs. You're not coming back. We all understand that. We were kind of talking about that before the season even started, but it's time to go for Fangio and company. This is an AFC West rivalry. Uh, your fans are starting to mentally and and – with their cash check out if you will um you got to win tomorrow no ifs ands or buts i don't care if it's by one point or by 20 i doubt it'll be that but it's just you got to show up you got to be competitive and you've got to just man up and play this team yeah absolutely and uh this is a this is a big game i really do hope the fans show out uh we'll see but even still the broncos Turn out the noise, go out there and play like you did against Dallas. That means, I mean, easier said than done, but that means defense going out there, getting off the field, being aggressive, getting after the quarterback and yeah, keeping him out of the end zone. That's something too. this Broncos team, you know, Vic Fangio, the Ben don't break. Ben don't break is fine. If your offense is keeping up on the other side and also you're keeping the team out of the end zone. Maybe, I mean, 
fine. We can, we can argue that in the off season about uh, more, more of the specifics there, but um, they've been uh, in the last few weeks and the last few losses, Broncos have been terrible in the red zone. They're actually yeah. the worst ranked red zone run defense in football this season, which is shocking um, from a Vic Fangio defense. And it shows that uh, they don't really have the mass of the horses maybe in that uh, front seven, that front triangle, you know, the defensive line and the linebackers. So could be an issue. Luckily the chargers, again, they're issued, they're injured on the inf- offensive line. They don't really have a true 230 pound, you know, monster running back. So uh, maybe this is a game where it mat- matches up. Okay. For Denver. I mean, we could see that if the Broncos get a lead and their defense is playing fine, the run game can take them home really can. So you're uh, right. Go ahead. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, and Austin Eckler, it's a homecoming for him. I mean, yeah. he, he lived here, Western state and Colorado boy and everything else. He's going to have his family here. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, tired of the Broncos being the get right game for all these teams. And, you know, yeah, the Broncos just lost one and the chargers won one, but so what anything can truly happen on any given Sunday. It's the parody that is the NFL. And it's bizarre, Nick, when you see some of these big dogs going down to the, the really bizarre, terrible teams in the NFL, it happens. Um, you know, we teased is Denver a trap game for Dallas. And it's so bizarre to hear that Broncos, um, upset over Dallas continually brought up every Cowboys game by like Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, all the league's best because that was truly a shocker. Well, you know what else would be a shocker if the Broncos beat the Chargers at home in Denver tomorrow? They're not supposed to win this game. I have not looked at the books yet, but I assume that the Broncos are an underdog at home, and that's not good. I could be completely wrong. Maybe I'm sure Scott's checking for me right now, but you're not supposed to lose games at home, uh, especially to the Chargers. This just it's like another one of those cardinal sins. We talked about Teddy not wanting to tackle. Well, losing football games in Denver generally gets head coaches fired. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen with Vic Fangio, but that same bad taste in the mouth, it could still be there if the Broncos choke. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. Travis Weber, real quick. Devin Lloyd, he's my number two linebacker right now. Utah kind of does an edge off-ball mm-hmm. hybrid. Uh, he's kind of a jack-of-all-traits, master of none, but with his size and his ability to play the run in the box and uh, set the edge um, when he wants to drop down to the linebacker as well, he'll be drafted pretty high. I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick, um, at least a first-round grade. He'll probably go in the first round. He's my number two linebacker, though, behind Georgia's N'Kobe Dean. Uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in here saying, how is Vaughn able to be our best player at his age? Where are our picks going, or is that watered down? Um, how is Vaughn able to be our best player at his age? Uh, Vaughn's a freak, I guess. Is <laughs> he's number two overall <laughs> pick, and uh, he moves differently than a lot of players. I mean, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer most likely. And uh, you, even though the the we always you know the end is nigh, it's coming. Father time waits for nobody except for Tom Brady. Whatever, who knows about that one? God damn it! Um, but too. Uh, Ah, God, Tom Brady. Um, but uh, TB12 method, right? Um, but uh, Von Miller was still, you know, a freak and getting after it. Um, but he was starting to, he wasn't the same Von Miller as he was during that uh, Super Bowl run and some of those peak seasons as well, but still a really good player. Um, where are our picks going? Uh, Lord knows what the Broncos are going to do with those picks. They now have the ability, though, to uh, buy in and sit at the table when it comes to veteran quarterbacks this uh, free agency cycle before maybe mm-hmm. not and uh, having to give up a lot of picks um now you can be a little bit more aggressive and sit at the table which is going to matter russell wilson aaron Rodgers, matt ryan Kirk cousins who knows um maybe trade up for a quarterback again again who knows but um again you have you, you can do that now before you it would have been really costly now you have excess capital to do that and it doesn't hurt as bad the hardest thing right now is being patient because you know change is coming. You just don't know what the results are going to be. And George Payton was hired for the long haul. He, I believe he will be the only one here when a new owner comes in. And, um, you know, George Payton is going to be the right-hand guy who's already got the rebuild started. He may not want to re- admit it, but uh, I feel that the Broncos are in a rebuild. They're not in a let's just tear everything down. They're in a what can we get to further our opportunity here in six months in the offseason. That is a very short window to make significant change. And I know it doesn't feel like it, especially coming from the fan side of things, but just look at where George Payton has already made a huge impact. We talk about the rookies that are going to be playing tomorrow. Uh, Start looking at the depth pieces as well. I know some of the free agent signings like a Ronald Darby, the lucrative contract, things like that. It hasn't broke the Broncos. So even some of the things that haven't totally come to fruition, George Payton hasn't really struck out yet. So he's in it for the long haul. We just have to be patient as we wrap up the show, let's get to, uh, I want to say, is it Ivan or Yvonne? I'm not 
completely sure. Correct me on that. Uh, saying, hey, guys, today's a good day to be an optimist. And I believe tomorrow we're going to beat the Bolts. I absolutely love it. The Broncos can win this game. It's not like people think that the Broncos are going to go in and get boat raced. It's a possibility. But the Broncos are coming off of a bye. They should feel rested. They should feel re-energized. They've got some uh, two richer young players in that locker room right now who uh, I know will feel like they have a lot to prove. There are two proud men in Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. And while I'm not advocating for them to run go routes and Teddy to just throw the ball up there, um, you see what Tim Patrick can do as just a football player. You see yeah. what Cortland Sutton as a number second round draft pick is willing to do on the edge in terms of blocking. Those things get me stoked as a, as a fan, as a scout, all those sorts of things, because you can't coach those things. Those guys want to do it or they don't. And I think you're going to see 14 and 81 come out tomorrow, regardless of the plays, regardless of how many times their numbers are called, try to lead this team to the next part of Broncos football. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with you 100% there. And also, it's Yvonne. So, shout out to Yvonne there. Um, Thanks, Gotta Yvonne. believe, man. Gotta believe the Broncos are going to win this one and play some meaningful football and maybe beat the uh, the Chiefs for the first time since week two, 2015. God, uh, woof. Um, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but guys, I think it's about time that we wrap up. Uh, thank you guys for joining us so much for joining us today. Uh, shout out to everybody. And let's get some predictions. Wild. Let's get oh, some predictions, predictions real course, quick. Predictions, yes. dog. I'm going, I'm going 24, 20 with the chargers. My thing right now, I think it's going to be a competitive game, but, um, when you look at Pat Shermer and the resistance to run the ball, when you're behind, I think that. Uh, getting behind in this game is something that is going to happen just because you've got a, a quarterback that can absolutely deal. You've got a head coach with Staley who was familiar with Fangio's defense. It's the defense he came up with. I feel like this guy was probably working with Herbert a little extra this week on what to expect in Vic Fangio's defensive scheme. But I think the biggest thing out of this game, the Broncos stay competitive. Uh, it's a loss. So it's not going to feel good and it's it's not going to be an awesome Monday, but it's a competitive loss and things should hopefully be trending up in the right direction, at least in the locker room. Yeah, absolutely. We also got base case coming in here. Five dollars saying I doubt Rogers, uh, Rogers or Wilson want to come to Denver when they don't know who the owner will be. Um, if they come to Denver, that's definitely a factor um, that you have to worry about. But you would assume that the team and George Payton and whatever made overtures to them where it's like, listen, we went out and got you. How stupid would it be to like go out and get you and be like, ah, you know, we made that investment, which is going to probably uh, limit us to compete after you're done. But we're just going to sit in our hands, you know, whatever. But screw you. So yeah. I, just, I think if you have the weapons here, um, you'd have overtures from Payton or whoever, um, and they'd have to approve it anyway. So I don't think that's probably too big of a too big of a view, right? They're going to care more about the sure. roster and who's here in the coaching staff uh, as opposed to what the owner is going to be. Base case. That's really, really good because I would say this, I think George Payton has got, um, man, he's not, he doesn't have the experience, but he's got the autonomy to do what he wants to do right now. And yeah. Yeah. with one of those quarterbacks, either being Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, the first thing that they're going to want, if they're brought to a new team is a new deal. <laughs> and who's the man that's going to do that? George Payton. Uh, he's not going to be paying him out of his account. He's going to be paying him out of the Broncos account. So we don't know what that new owner is going to look like. I would actually prefer an owner that's not completely involved um, just because I think that's why you hire George Payton. And sometimes the best ownership teams in the league are those people that are not completely involved. Raiders, Cowboys, listen up. Uh, you know, and you start to see that. So that's why George Payton was brought here. But base case, I absolutely love the point because we don't know. The future is unknown, and that is scary. Nick, how do you got the game going tomorrow? Uh, I think that Justin Herbert is the type of quarterback that if he goes unconscious, good luck. Um, you have to have your own type of quarterback that can go shot for shot with him when he's in that type of mode, and I don't think the Broncos have that right now. Unfortunately, I think Teddy's, you know, a quarterback in that like 13th to 22nd range any given week. But if Justin Herbert's playing, you know, top three quarterback level, which is in him, um, it's going to be hard for the Broncos to keep up. And I think Herbert's going to step up and have a good game. Mm. So I think the Broncos lose this one. Um, I also think the Broncos are going to struggle to get off the field defensively. I think Herbert's going to convert on third down time and time again. And uh, that's going to lead to a lower possession game, especially with the Broncos rushing the football. They're going to look up. There's going to be like only, oh man, we only possess the ball four times and it's the, the first half is over. Um, and we've only been in the red zone twice, you know, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I have the chargers winning this game 26 to 16. I think there's mm -hmm. going to be some exchange of field goals here. I don't think either of these teams, offensive lines. Um, I don't think the Broncos are going to get the red zone enough to 
cross pay dirt. And I don't think the chargers are going to have the offensive line power and running game to cross pay dirt when they get to the red zone. Also, it's a little bit different there, how they don't don't convert, but 26 to 16. I do think the chargers win uh, the point spread is two and a half. I, if the Broncos get a lead though, man, look out, they can win this one pretty easily. Are, uh, they, the, how good are, they, the, are they the dog? Iowa, uh, Iowa. I just saw somebody talking about Iowa in the comments. Denver oh. is the dog. Two and a half okay. point favor or uh, dogs to okay. Chargers at home. Yep. Wow. Wow. At home, man. Broncos country. Come on. Show up. I'm excited to see, like like we talked about, Nick, um, what Broncos country looks like tomorrow, what the overall energy and reception is for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, yeah. This team's committed. This team is committed to Teddy. They're committed to Tom McMahon. They're committed to Vic Fangio, at least for the next what five six weeks and then we will see where it goes but guys that is a wrap for mhi tonight time always flies you can find nick and myself on twitter uh first of all we would really appreciate it if you subscribe to mhi that's twitter at mhi underscore pod he's at nick kendall mhh i'm at luke patterson lp get on over to the mothership on twitter at mile high huddle we talked a little bit earlier get your swag on grab yourself a gift for the holidays that are coming up you can listen to us wherever you get your uh, podcasts on Spotify, iTunes. Give us a like, a subscribe if you're listening on Facebook, um, YouTube, or wherever you get your pods because we appreciate everybody. And this was a huge, great show. I love the energy. I'm very thankful for all of you. Thankful for you, Nick. I'm thankful for you, Scott. Always have a blast with you guys. And uh, Broncos football tomorrow, baby. Let's go. We can turn things around. I can't stand the Chargers. I'm not going to say I hate them like I hate the Raiders, but I don't like them. I've never liked them. And uh, I just want this team to show out. Yep, let's hope it's a good game. Hopefully no injuries, and uh, hopefully the Broncos can be above 500 after this. But you guys can follow Luke and myself on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. This is Mile High Insiders. Also follow us at MHI underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And for our YouTube folks out there, please subscribe, like, and share. You know, Smash that subscribe button. Hit the bell notifications. That way you know when we go live. Uh, Chad and Zach will go live after the game tomorrow for Huddle Up to respond to the Broncos' hopeful victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. And, man, really sets the stage for an awesome game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Broncos got everything they want in front of them. Um, obviously, we both picked them to lose. But uh, they could win this one, and <laughs> the rest of the season could be really interesting from there. So let's hope for that. You guys stay safe. Be kind. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.